Genesis Awuzu with a woman, a man came after Chancha via Sakuto gave you Baru. It's 10 past 10, so let's take our seats. Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner featuring Jack and Andre. <laughs> FBI Radio. G'day and welcome to Jack and Andre, our film lords extraordinaries. Extraordinaries, extraordinaires. <laughs> extraordinaires. Uh, how have you been? What's been happening in the world of cinema? Uh, Tell me everything. It's just a typical Monday morning for me. been watching the Devil Wears Prada montage where Andy <laughs> Sachs walks through New York to Vogue and is changing outfits. You, you know. told me you were sick. That's why you couldn't meet for breakfast. Yeah, so. but I was also sick you in bed. You were just in bed. I was watching movie clips from Devil Wears Prada as you're supposed to do in a Monday morning. I'm out morning. in the street shaken in this icy weather. I'm inside just looking at the couture that <sighs> Anne Hathaway is wearing. You know what I caught this week? Uh, Miss Congeniality one. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, I think we should do maybe some sort of countdown of best movie makeovers or something like that. Oh, totally. Or yeah. or more nerdy, a best uh, Sandra Bullock films collection anthology. Favourite clip from the original Queer Eye. Mm, not the new one. Definitely not. <laughs> you guys are such nerds. Let's get into movie news. <laughs> movie news. <laughs> Sorry, I tried to very discreetly take off my lousy, l- noisy jacket. Anyway, movie news, movie news. A, a giant Jeff Goldblum statue has appeared in London. I want to say as a shout-out to his Jurassic World years, or maybe his cats and dogs years. Who knows? It's a statue that depicts him reclining with his beautiful chest just dangling out. That w- It was commissioned by Now TV, which is owned by Sky. And uh, from what I understand, we're still a little bit confused as to what the statue is actually commemorating or showing. Maybe it's just a beautiful homage to Jeff Goblum, but you know, right now all I'm thinking about is that fabulous T Rex attack in the first Jurassic World that features Jeff Goblum. Jack, chime in. <laughs> I don't know. Jeff Goblum just seems like product placement these days to me. He's so like m- it's definitely related to some kind of product. He's yeah. so meme worthy. And speaking of meme worthy, what's the next piece of news we have? The next piece of news is obviously the most meme worthy piece of news you know, probably for the last three years. The Onania Club trailer has dropped. If you don't know about the Onania Club, you haven't been incessantly Googling the title for the last, like, six months since it was announced. This is the next film in Tom Six's career, following on from The Human Centipede. The trailer's about 40 seconds of women masturbating to the footage of 9-11, which, I mean, we've all been there. So I'm excited to see this all been <laughs> reflected. There. All been there, Jack. Funnily enough, Tom Six is a notable exploitation director, and we have an exploitation director coming in today into the studio, which we'll talk about later. But before that, we also need to let people know that A Star Is Born, Lady Gaga's feature film Ooh. acting debut, has already screened in Hollywood to a test audience to rave. And it went so well, apparently. It went so well, and there are high hopes for it to premiere at the Venice Film Festival and then swoop the awards next year. What kind of movie is it? Oh, it's, oh. it's A Star Is Born is a, like the fifth remake of a classic musical that's already had Judy Garland, Barbara Streisand mm. play it, you know, about someone who comes from nothing and becomes a star and mm. the trials and tribulations of fame. But this one's going to be set in a country western kind of Nashville setting, I think. And it's directed by Bradley Cooper, famous for The Ang Over. Yeah. Speaking of musicals, we're also going to be reviewing Mamma Mia 2 today, I hear. Is that's that right. still happening? That's still happening. But before that, You can tell the world's falling to shit when musicals are big again. Um, Daniel Kaluuya is set to star in Lena Waithe film Queen and Slim, which Lena Waithe is saying is like a political activist film where black love can triumph all. It's about two black lovers who get confronted by police and pulled over and they kill the police in self-defense and then go on this kind of Thelma and Louise journey across the country, it sounds like. I mean... There's not a lot of information out about it. It's Lena yeah. Waithe, though. So but it's coming out next November. Mm. I mean, 
huge lead up. I'm excited. Anything with Lena Waithe or by Lena Waithe is just a oof, oof. get me there. Well, thank you so much for movie news. I reckon we get straight into two reviews today. What do you reckon? <gasps> Sounds oh good, ladies. Who's going first? Jack, I think you're going two first. Two reviews. One review. And then, and then another review. Two reviews. Two Reviews is a review segment with two reviews by Jack and Andre. Which film lord will be reviewing first today? Um, I'm going to go first, David, if that's okay. Oi. Uh, I'm doing Jill Bilcock Dancing the Invisible, which is playing selected cinemas right now. It's a pretty straightforward documentary homage that chronologically tells the fairy tale story of Australia's most well-known film editor, Jill Bilcock. She edited Dogs in Space, Strictly Ballroom, Muriel's Wedding, Romeo Plus Juliet, Moulin Rouge, Elizabeth, Road to Perdition, Red Dog, The Dressmaker, the list just goes on. Like any uplifting Australian film, she's done it. Uh, she's known for her rapid and experimental cutting style, her emotional approach, and her tea-drinking punk attitude. And this film is a collection of praise from Australia's cinema elite, with clips from her, her movies alongside cute interstitial quotes about film editing from the likes of Francis Ford Coppola and Tarkovsky about how editing is rhythm, cinema is the way we relate to the world, etc., etc. I can't think of a collection of Australian films that are more kind of audience-friendly than the ones that she sunk her teeth into, and I don't think they would be that way unless she was a part of it. This seems to be informed by her self-sufficient childhood, her observant travels across the world, and she just has an intuition for what makes people moved and what's important to them that comes from years of just, I don't know, her, her lifestyle, I guess. The film really wants to inspire you, which is pretty chill, so go see Dancing in the Visible if you want to feel relaxed about a future in the arts. Andre, do you have an inner word for Dancing the Invisible by Uh, Jill Bilcock? I do. Septuagenarian. You know me and 70-plus-year-old filmmakers. It's like, come on, okay? Your time is up, okay? Jack and I are only going to be young for such a long time. We need to be introduced enough with this praise of old fogies in the film industry. I know. Where's our Dancing the Invisible? So true, indeed. So septuagenarian for me. Septuagenarian for you? Yeah. Oh, just lecture for me. Lecture. Andre, your review, Mamma Mia 2. Now for something a bit more spunky. Okay, fellow gays, <laughs> gird your loins. Mamma Mia 2 is upon us. And after surviving the truly numbing and ridiculous prom that was the Sydney premiere, at which Jack and I looked like someone had built us on Sims after watching a Grinch makeup tutorial on an edible, we have all the goss. Mamma Mia 2, here we go again, set in Greece, follows Amanda Seyfried, who has taken over Dead Meryl Streep's hotel and is trying to throw a grand opening party. You heard me, that's the plot. She has to throw a party, that's the whole movie. But for some reason, this warrants a separate storyline about Meryl's past as a singing backpacker in the 70s who is, and forgive me for not being PC, just basic. The real Meryl comes back at the end, makes a cameo, and the fake as Cher sings Fernando, which proves to be the best on-screen presence since goddamn Rachel McAdams and Mean Girls. Mamma Mia 2, Here We Go Again, is a non-threatening, albeit slightly clueless pimple on Abba's bumhole body of work. As for its clunky sound mixing, well, let's just say it's no Lord of the Rings 2 Twin Towers. Jack, help me out here. I don't know. This was like a Greek tragedy. This movie just did it all, crossed every generation of uh, female antics. Did everything (laughs) include being boring and dull? Help me out. Okay, I hate... What's her name? You've Young already Meryl? forgotten because she's just so yeah, done. she's so awful. Amanda's... No, no, Amanda Seyfried's actually great. She's she has the best voice of everyone. Amanda Seyfried, Amanda Seyfried, Cher, Meryl, they're all great, but it's the young storyline mm. that is obviously just being plastered into this film mm. to get a young audience is 
horrible. Who knows what her name is? One third of the film is set in like 70s Lily James. Ugh, Lily Lily James James is the worst thing to happen to cinema. Mark my words. (laughs) Mark my words. (laughs) But it's also really fun and just like, have a moment. Relax, Andre. I don't know. My one word review of this is over. My one word review of your reviews is massage. There we go. Two reviews for today. Monday the 23rd of July. They're going to be up on the Instagram page. That's at movies underscore movies underscore movies. Tell us about the guests we are bringing in after the break. So we have a bit of a quirky guest coming in. His name is Brian Trenchard-Smith. And if you're a hectic film lord like Jack and I, you'll know that he is an Australian director. He's who, Quentin Tarantino's favourite film director. He's an Ozploitation director and made a very famous film called Turkey Shoot. Which, and BMX Bandits. BMX Bandits. Which was Nicole Kidman's first movie. And he's basically known for just making wild, crazy, over-the-top, guns and all, blazing, sex, violence, rock and roll kind of movies. And he's in town to show a retrospective of a few of his works. And we just have him in the studio to talk about a screening that's coming up tonight at the Australian Film Television But we're going to tell you after this. Yeah. If you've got any questions for him, shoot him in on 0409-945-945. This is Alaya Yo with Run It Up. Your mornings with Bridie Tanner. Sydney Spotlight. Here on Movies, Movies, Movies. On a Monday morning, we like to tell you what's happening around your city. Jack, Andre, you've brought in a very special guest for us today here on FBI Radio. It is English-Australian film and television director, producer, writer, consultant and actor known for his roles in BMX Bandits and a film that I haven't seen, Turkey Shootout. Turkey Shoot. Turkey Shoot. Shoot. Brian Trenchard-Smith, welcome to FBI Radio. thank you. Yes, Fred, you missed Turkey Shoot. That was last night. But um, uh, tomorrow night at the film school, uh, I give a lecture, a masterclass to directing students. And then The Man from Hong Kong, which was my first film, will show at 6 p.m. And it is free. Now, the word Ozploitation is getting thrown around a lot in my sort of run sheet. What does that mean? Well, it's, you know, it's exploitation films with, you know, an Aussie wide angle lens uh, and uh, uh, a bit of sort of uh, an anarchic anti-authoritarian twist uh, that basically pushes the boundaries of uh, what you would normally do in that particular genre. I mean, I've made films like Leprechaun in Space, which is something that you should gather around with a (laughs) a bunch of friends and the uh, stimulant of your choice. Uh, and uh, have a good time. Uh, it's completely batshit crazy. Um, Man from Hong Kong is less batshit crazy, but it is a satire of the uh, crypto-fascist superhero like James Bond, Charles Bronson, whatever, who causes an enormous amount of property damage, not to mention loss of life, in the cause of justice. I find there's a certain irony there. And I suppose one thing that Quentin likes about my films is that there is an undercurrent of irony uh, in most of them. I remember watching Turkey Shoot for the first time at school and it was because we all, everyone in the class had to vote to watch one Australian film and everyone was holding up all the, you know, intense dramas and then we all kind of shouted, Turkey Shoot, Turkey Shoot. So we ended up watching... That's like the last Australian film we watched. It was funny, it was when Quentin uh, hosted the Sydney premiere of Kill Bill 1 uh, in in George Street. Uh, He said, I want to dedicate this premiere to uh, a a favourite Australian film of mine 
Fine uh, and uh, the you know the Australian film industry glitterati were in the audience and I think there was a sort of ripple of is it me is it mine is it mine? <laughs> uh, and they said I want to de- uh, dedicate this film to turkey shoot Whoa. and there was an under you know there was a definite <clears throat> coming from the audience <laughs> and he said hey uh if you don't like brian trenchard smith stuff you're not going to like this film so you can fuck off right now Whoa. and that's a direct quote that uh, uh that that he gave and you yeah it is reported in not quite hollywood did he copy your costumes uh, <laughs> 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 no well he yes my costumes can be a little outrageous i i don't think nicole kidman liked the costume that i put her in for BMX bandits, but uh, have, um, have, have you hung out with Quentin Tarantino? At yeah, all, or? yeah, 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 yeah. We we met at a premiere uh, uh, in '98. Uh, uh, Mira Solvino's father had been in one of my films and she invited me to this premiere of uh, Norma Jean and Marilyn which is one of the Marilyn Monroe uh, you, know, uh, you know she plays Marilyn and she said to Quentin oh well, you should meet this Australian filmmaker and I said oh, well you don't know me I, I'm Brian Trenchard Smith and he said yes I do you made Turkey Shoot <laughs> wow what about that scene where they beat that girl up on the parade ground that was great man what were you thinking And uh, we've sort of, I'm not part of his inner circle, I'm on his sort of outer periphery, but he does invite me and a few other directors to come and see his not quite finished director's cut. And, and he has final cut uh, of of his films. So, um, in Glorious Bastards, we saw at his house uh, and uh, um, Django Unchained, uh, and then uh, we actually saw a seventy millimeter presentation uh, of uh, you know uh, of the Hateful Eight uh, at the Directors Guild. Um, Quinton could afford to have a seventy millimeter work print. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so, Brian, the National Film and Sound Archive of Australia are presenting a retrospective of your early film. How often do you sit down and watch your own movies? Not, not very often because I tend to think forward rather than backward. The retrospective is virtually over. Your last chance to see one of my films is at the film school uh, tomorrow night uh, at 6 o'clock, The Man from Hong Kong. But it was very gratifying to me to see Dead End Drive-In, a film that was uh, you know, damned at best with faint praise when it was released in 86 in Australia, but uh, lauded by the LA Times. And it's one of... Well, one of what Quinton thinks is my... He thinks that sometimes he says it's my best film. Sometimes he says it's BMX Bandit. Sometimes he says it's Man from Hong Kong. And sometimes he says it's Siege of Firebase Gloria. So he he, he vacillates between which of those four is the best. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take any one. That's fine. Um, you can also check out Brian at... Uh, yeah, trailers.com. I do, I do trailersfromhell.com. And if you want to see you know, what should be my next film, please read my... My novel on Amazon or Kindle. It's called Alice Through the Multiverse, a time-twisting paranormal thriller with a strong female protagonist. So please, young ladies, go to Amazon and check it out. You can read the first 30 pages for free. But it is uh, a ripping yarn uh, with a little bit of political subtext, and you will your jaw will drop every 20 pages or so when there is a new twist. So Alice Through the Multiverse. Do you mind if I chime in real quick? Please. If there are any young emerging filmmakers listening right now, can you throw out a little quote or a little mantra that you like to live by? Well, I mean, honestly, we see how bus- the business is contracting, and it's also 
changing and uh, you know the the economics of the business is uh, being rationalized by the major corporations uh, all I can say to you young people because it was I think easier for me in my young day uh, is um, be persistent uh, never give up never surrender Oh, good stuff. Go and catch Film Lord and Ozploitation King Brian Trenchard-Smith tomorrow night at Afters with a screening and Q&A of Man from Hong Kong. It's all happening tomorrow night. We'll have the details up for you on the program page. Thank you so much, Brian and Film Lord's Jack and Andre, for coming in for Movies, Movies, Movies today. Thank you. This is Luluck with Heist. You're listening to FBI Radio. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.